good to be with you again, and uh, I want to um, to spend some time looking at one of uh, the parables of Jesus tonight. I, uh, I had the wonderful uh, privilege last week of getting invited back to one of my old churches. Um, it's always nice to know that people still love you, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so I was invited back to one of our churches last week, and I was asked to par- preach on this parable, um, the parable of that we, we often know as the parable of the talents, but uh, I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. Um, so if you want to turn to um, Matthew chapter 25 in your Bibles, if you've got them with you, or the words will come up on the screen. Matthew 25, it's, uh, say, the parable of the talents, or... Um, in, in this new, the new sort of NIV translations, it's called the parable of the bags of gold, which is interesting, and I'll come to that in a minute. So let's uh, read. We're going to read from verse 14 through to verse 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another, one bag, according, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained more, gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man. Harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of so he took the bag of gold from him and gave it to the one who had 10 bags. For whoever has been given more, they will be given an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Father God, I pray that you might just bless our hearts, our minds, our lives to this word. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love that. Gnashing of teeth. Good Old Testament stuff, isn't it? Gnashing of teeth. I never quite know what it means, but uh, there we go. 
If I were to ask you the what you thought was the most famous parable that Jesus ever told, I suspect we might think, say, of the, the story of the prodigal son. It's the one that's perhaps most famous, the one about being the, the son who went out to the far country and squandered his inheritance on riotous living and came back, went home and found his father waiting for him. Someone has described this as the, the most perfect short story. And we know that in literature and media and film and all those kind of things, it's been told and retold in, in many different ways. If I were to ask you what's the most emotional parable Jesus ever told, you might say the parable of the lost sheep. The shepherd went out to look for the sheep that had gone astray, looking through the thickets, climbing jagged rocks, searching until he'd finally find the one that went astray and then brings it home rejoicing. It's a very emotional story. Going back to uh, another church, the church when, when we were in Hackney, we had this extremely large painting about um, three times the size of one of those banners at the back of the church with, uh, and it depicted the shepherd reaching into the thickets to, to pull out this, this, uh, this sheep. It was a really quite evocative painting. And it was interesting that whenever we had uh, groups of children come into the church and they went back to school and were asked to draw something that they'd seen in the church, almost always they'd draw that because it made that kind of impression on them. The idea that the shepherd would come and look and find his sheep. But if we were to say, well, what's the most practical parable that Jesus told, the one that perhaps most directly applies to, to ordinary life, if you like, that tells us about how God acts and responds to us in, in ordinary life and, and how we act and respond to him. We might say this parable, as I say, the one that we know as the parable of the talents, but as I say in this most recent translation, the parable of the bags of gold. This is a parable that's actually about cold, hard cash. Cold, hard cash. Jesus says that there's a master getting ready to take a long journey. So he calls in his servants and he shares out his wealth with them. And then he left. When he came back, he called from accounting. And those who had invested wisely, he rewarded them with the one he did not was condemned. It's a very practical and in some sense quite difficult parable. One that talks to us about the realities of life. And when I was reading it, I was reminded of a, of a story, the story of a wealthy man on his deathbed. And he called his three most trusted friends to his side. His solicitor, his doctor, and his accountant. I, I struggle with the trusted bit there, but there we go. Anyway, and he said to them, I know I'm not long for this world, so all I, but all I've got to show for it is money. And they always say, you can't take it with you. Well, I'm going to prove them wrong. So he said, I'm going to give each of you an envelope with £500,000 of cash in it. And what I want you to do is when you come to my funeral, is just before they screw the coffin lid down, I want you to come up and I want you to put the envelope 
in my coffin with me just before they close it. And they all said, yep, we'll, we'll do that. So at his funeral, after he died at his funeral, each of his friends were the last to come forward and, and, and to view the body. And then uh, the solicitor stepped forward and placed the envelope in the coffin. And then his minister came and placed the envelope in the coffin. And then the accountant came and placed the envelope in the coffin. After the service, the first one said, guys, I, I've got something to confess. He said, um, I, I knew that money wasn't going to do him any good. He said, so I just borrowed a little bit of it. So actually in the envelope, there's only £300,000 in my envelope. And the doctor said, well, in that case, I'll have to confess too. He said, uh, because, uh, uh, to be honest, we, we needed some, a new building at the hospital and so I thought it wouldn't hurt just to take a little bit. So there's only 300,000 in my envelope as well. They both looked expectantly at the accountant. And he said, well, um, to be honest, I'm, I'm shocked, he said. He said, I'm shocked. He trusted us and you've let him down. I put a cheque for the whole half million. <laughs> in that envelope. The challenge of this parable is, what are you going to do with what God has given you? What are you going to do with what God has given you? The first thing about the parable is it tells us, firstly, about the amazing generosity of God. The parable opens with the master calling his servant saying, I'm going to entrust you with all my wealth. And he gives five bags to one, two bags to the other, three, one bag to the third. We often, the, the, word, the word for talents was, was put in there because talents was a, it's nothing to do with gifts or abilities. Talents was about a weight, a weight of coins. And so there was five two and one and in the master he the, in the story the master liberally liberally distributes his wealth among his servants and says when i'm gone i want you to look after what i'm giving you i want you to use what i'm giving you the context of course at the end of matthew's gospel is jesus speaking about the fact he will he will be going through his death and res death resurrection and ascension but that he will be coming back he talks about his return. The parable before this was the parable of the, of the ten virgins. The parable after is that really, really difficult one about the sheep and the goats. Jesus is saying, what are you going to do with what I leave you with? When I come back, what am I going to find? The challenge is about what we do with what God gives us. In the parable, we can draw those parallels. We realize that the master is about God or Jesus, who has everything. He is the giver of life. He is the master. He owns everything. Then there are the servants. We are the servants. They own nothing. We have nothing. We deserve nothing. If God were not generous to us, we would not even be able to live. Every day we depend upon his blessings just in order to live and to breathe. Never mind anything else. 
We are the servants and God distributes liberally his wealth amongst us. And the challenge is that a generous God is looking for faithful servants with whom he can share his kingdom, the blessings of his kingdom. Whoever we are, God is an incredibly generous giver. He pours out his amazing love and grace. We have nothing apart from him. We deserve nothing, yet he gives us so much. As I think I've said before, one of my favorite verses in the whole of Scripture is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, where it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished upon us. I just love that. Lavished. Not gently sprinkled, not eked out, but generously lavished. This parable tells us about the master who liberally gives to his servants his wealth. He says, here it is. You have nothing, but you can have all that I have. He shares it out amongst them. Now, one of the difficult things is that um, we, get, we might get a little bit tied up with, uh, in our, our own little world of the fact that he gives five to some and two to some and one to the other. But this story is not about fairness. It's not about the distribution of wealth. It's not about, it's a bit like the, the story of the, the, the workers in the vineyard, those who are hired later in the day, get the same amount as those who, get, who start in the morning. The point of that parable, as is this one, is not about fairness. It's not about pay differentials. It's about the fact that God generously shares out amongst us his amazing grace. The parable is about the amazing, incredible generosity and graciousness of God. But also perhaps... This parable tells us something about us. When the master came back, the five bags of gold man come in and he said, look, master, I've taken the five and I invested them, now I have ten. And I would have said, let's make him the chancellor. But the master says, well well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, I will give you many. The two bag of gold man comes in and says, look, I've got these two and I made four. I made another two. I've got four. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Then the one talent, the one bag of gold man comes in. Lord, on you, you are hard master, and you reap what you have not sown. So I wrapped up the talent and I buried it in the ground. Here it is, just as you gave it to me. I've even cleaned it for you. The master called him a wicked, lazy servant. In verse 30, a worthless servant. And he threw him out into the darkness where there was weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I just wanted to say that again, gnashing of teeth. It's a tough parable, isn't it? It's a tough ending. Partly because I think many of us will identify with the one bag of gold man. More than the five or the two. 
He did something that wasn't all that clever, but he didn't steal it or embezzle it. He just didn't invest it. And when the master came back, he presented to him just as the way he'd received it. Maybe he did that because he felt inferior. He looked around, saw the five and the two. He looked at himself. And it's easy for us sometimes to feel inferior. We look around and we think, gosh, we, you know, look around, we've got some wonderfully gifted people around in the church. And it's easy to feel inferior. And it's easier for us to say, it's all right for them. They've got so much. They can, they can do it. They can give it. But I've not got a lot, so I'll just keep it. And often that can be incredibly paralyzing, can't it? I'll leave it to somebody else, because they're much better at it than me. And we end up doing nothing. We don't use what God has given us because we think that what we have is unimportant or insignificant compared to what other people have to offer. And we end up doing little or nothing with what God has given us. When we see life, people going through life seemingly at ease and we have to struggle just to function in the world, it's easy to identify ourselves with that one bag of gold person. some of you mathematicians will know pi i.e. the ratio to work out the circle circumference in comparison to its diameter is 3.14 recurring an infinite number that doesn't have a repeated pattern you knew that? but there was a student in Brooklyn High School who memorised it to 4,000 places in 1976 it took him 7 hours to write it out and he even offered to write it out backwards. Amazing. What an incredible talent. What an incredible gift. But what an amazing waste of time. <laughs> Yet sometimes we are amazed at the abilities of others. And forget what we have to offer. We look at our own abilities and think they aren't worth putting to good use. Maybe you look at what you have and what you can do and it don't seem very much. It doesn't matter. This parable tells us that God wants us to put to work what he has given us. Secondly, the, we took the man's, tells us, Jesus tells us that the man was afraid. He was afraid because he believed that the master was being a hard master. He didn't understand the master. Yes, God has expectations. There's no question about that. But God is not hard. He is gentle and understanding and forgiving and merciful. This man didn't understand the master. Therefore, he was afraid and buried his talent in the yard. Perhaps we need just to understand afresh that Jesus loves us. He loves you unconditionally he loved you before you loved him
whoever you are, no matter what you've got, he loves you. And this man didn't quite understand that. Part of the problem is that sometimes we take parables like this and we make them, we take them too far. We might, from this parable, take a view that perhaps our relationship with Jesus is a transactional one. If I do this for Jesus, he will do this for me. I used to go down that road a bit when I was a teenager. Standing on the terraces at Upton Park, we were a goal down, ten minutes to go, and I would say, Lord, if we equalise, I promise I'll go to church tomorrow. If I take these five bags of gold and work really hard and make five more, then I'll get into heaven. That's not what this parable is saying. Any more than it is about fair pay. Our relationship with Jesus can never be transactional. We have nothing to bring of ourselves. We have nothing to offer. It's not about transaction, but about transformation. About us offering back to God what we have. To offer him all that we are. And have it, him transform it into something more. Our walk with Jesus, part of the message of this parable is that our walk, in our walk with Jesus, everything is on the table. We can hold back nothing. We are to offer him all that we have. And all that we are. And he will transform it. He will take it. Whatever it is. It may be something really small in our eyes. Really something insignificant compared with other people. But he will take it. And transform it. We do have to recognize that there is some element of accountability. But this is about us offering to God faithfulness in all that he has given us. The call from God was for us, never for us to be safe, but to be faithful. So it challenges us. The message of the parable is, has not changed. God is still the master. He is still the giver of all things. Without his generosity, we would have nothing. Where does everything we have come from? They come from God. They are his. The parable isn't about giving more, but challenges, challenges us to regard those things that belong to God and our attitude towards it. What you have, all that you have, is God's. If I was, say, to give you, as you left tonight, a thousand pounds, each of you, a thousand pounds. I'm not going to do it, but just imagine. And then I said to you, so who does the thousand pounds belong to? How much of it belongs to God? Now, some of you will say, well, on the, on the basis of tithing, 10% of it belongs to God. But the fact is, it all belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to Him. God owns it all. It all belongs to Him. 
And the question is, do we manage it with faith and generosity? Reflection on this parable challenges us about what we do with everything in our lives that God gives to us. And that includes money, that includes our gifts, it includes our time, it includes all those things. We're challenged with the question of what we do with the blessings that God has showered upon us. And our response needs to be prayerful, intentional, generous and committed. Are we prepared to be generous with what our generous God has given us? Or are we afraid? Or are we going to run out in the garden and bury what God has given us? If we do, we know what the result is. Are we going to stand up and realise that God honours and blesses those who have faith to invest in his kingdom? God waits to see what we will do with what he has given us. And we are invited to respond. Let's uh, just be quiet for a moment. As I said, our walk with Jesus means that everything is on the table. Our relationship with him means we offer everything to him. Maybe in a moment of quiet as you just reflect on that, as you spend a moment in prayer, perhaps think about, are there things that I'm keeping back? What have I taken and buried in the garden? What am I not offering to God for whatever reason? Lord God, we thank you for your generosity. Lord, we thank you for all that you give us. We thank you for life and on all that it contains. Lord, we offer back to you. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us about if there are things that we withhold, that you would challenge us. And Father, I also pray that there might be those of us who just hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you for what you've done with what I've given you. Thank you, Jesus.